Welcome to Team Peds Talks, newest summer mini-series brought to you by the National Association of Pediatric Nurse Practitioners, or NAPNAP, an organization of experts in pediatrics and advocates for children. Thank you for joining us today for our episode. This series of podcasts includes conversations with experts in pediatric healthcare with a focus on promoting a safe and healthy summer. I am your host, Dr. Andrea Klein-Tilford, NAPNAP's Executive Board President. I am a pediatric nurse practitioner, nurse practitioner director at C.S. Mott Children's Hospital in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and mother of two children. Welcome to this episode of Team Peds Talks. As we discuss common summer skin conditions, including tips for prevention and management. As the summer months heat up and children have time away from the classroom, it is time to be proactive about pediatric skin and sun safety. I am thrilled to be joined today by pediatric nurse practitioner, dermatology expert, Samantha Castleman. Samantha is a past president of NAPNAP's Arizona chapter, founder of NAPNAP's Dermatology Special Interest Group, and chair of the newly formed NAPNAP Membership Committee. She has worked in pediatric dermatology for nine years and has presented nationally and at several NAPNAP chapter events. Thank you for joining me today for this discussion, Sam. Uh, let's kick off with talking about sunscreen, an effective tool in the summer skin routine that is often overlooked. Sometimes it can be forgotten when families are in a rush or overlooked when families are unclear about the benefits of sunscreen. So can you share some sunscreen tips and recommendations for our listeners? Yes, thank you so much for having me. Uh, first, let's learn about what we've, um, we're protecting ourselves from, which is the UV rays from the sun. So UV rays are considered the, the UVA part, um, I should say, are considered the dangerous UV light which causes skin cancer and use in tanning beds, which definitely should be avoided. And these rays are also responsible for wrinkles, aging, and age spots. Again, those are the UVA type of ultraviolet light. The other type of UV ray that we need to avoid, or at least think about protecting ourselves from, are UVB. UVB um, is less harmful than causing cancer, um, and that light is known to cause um, tanning to our skin and sunburning. So the baseline for what wanting to protect ourselves from those UV rays um, are always in the sun, always going to be exposures for us. However, now let's um, transition and talk about the importance of the UV index. And that's thinking about the time of day when the UV rays are at its peak. UV UV <laughs> sorry. UV rays are highest in the mid-afternoon and present even if there are clouds in the sky. One thing most people don't realize is the UV rays can still penetrate our windshields and windows in our cars. So even if you aren't outdoors but driving in the car, you are being exposed. I'd say that that's the number one most um, surprising thing that my families um, tell me, especially now that a lot of kids may or may not be in school or before during the pandemic when everybody was at home. Uh, some kind reminders that even though kids are not going to school, if they're driving to and from, or even um, sitting hopefully by the window to get some sun, they were still getting UV exposure. And when you're thinking about purchasing sunscreen, I would categorize them into both chemical and physical blocking sunscreens. 
Mineral sunscreen is also a mainstream name for physical blocking agents. And we'll first talk about the chemical um, blocking agents. So chemical blocking ingredients include names that end in enzone, phthalate, or oxate. And these chemicals work by absorbing the UV rays, whereas physical blockers do just that. They block the UV rays. So it may be common for a mineral sunscreen to leave a white layer on your skin. Those are the two differences in the types of sunscreens that you will see available over the counter um, and a little bit of background on the importance of why we're protecting ourselves from those UV rays um, because there's two different wavelengths that we're looking to protect ourselves from. So Sam, when shopping for sunscreen, do brands matter? Or I know you talked a little bit about um, the different components of the sunscreen. Uh, what is most important to know or to look for when looking at a label and before putting that sunscreen in your shopping cart? So that's a good question. And I wanna help to simplify your shopping because there's so many different products available that it can be really overwhelming. I want you to focus on buying a product that is at least SPF 30. SPF 100 is not equal to 100% protection. And if you think about it, an SPF 30 applied properly will give better protection than an SPF 50 plus when applied too thinly or not frequently enough. Experts suggest one ounce of sunscreen to cover the entire body which is equivalent to one shot glass to put into um, to put that into perspective. The goal is to apply sunscreen every 20 to 30 minutes if you're sweaty or wet and every two hours if in direct sun. When it comes to brands, this comes down really to personal preference. I personally like Copper Tone Whipped because it's a mousse consistency and my kids don't bite me when I apply it. But for myself, I like just about anything besides the spray sunscreens since I have asthma. Um, and really to kind of hammer in the most important goals of sunscreen, you find products that are SPF 30 or higher, you apply at the appropriate time frames, And if you plan your day around a lower UV index, then that's preferred. Oh, excellent. Those are such great tips. Thank you so much, Sam. So I have heard that some skin conditions improve with sun exposure. Is this true? And if so, which conditions can show improvement with sun exposure? So you're correct. There are several conditions that it can improve with light therapy. It is important to note that there are light therapy units found in dermatology offices that use specific UV rays, such as UVB, to target specific areas with light therapy. And again, remember that the UVB rays are the ones that are considered safer than UVA. The conditions that have shown improvement with light therapy include psoriasis, eczema, vitiligo, and cutaneous forms of lymphoma. Now, during the summer, a lot of parents tell me that they notice that their child's eczema is generally improved, and that can be due, in my opinion, to several factors. If kids are outside swimming, the sun and chlorine from the cool can be helpful. There are also hopefully less stressors in kids' lives um, when they're at home versus when they're in school, which um, sometimes we know that those stressors can negatively impact their eczema and cause more flares. But one thing I want to end on here is that sun exposure obviously causes other cons versus the pros just that other skin conditions above may get better with um, in regards to some light therapy. So sweat, um, remember, can make most eczema patients flare. And too much sunlight can cause sunburns, increasing the risk for skin cancer and complications. So this piece of information may spark a light bulb for some parents listening who have noticed that their child's skin condition improves in the summer but it may um, not be just because of the sun exposure. There may, may be other factors that are helping to improve their condition as well. 
All right, great. So if vitamin D and sun exposure can improve some skin conditions, what is a healthy level of sun exposure that a parent may choose for their child? So natural sun exposure for about 10 to 30 minutes a day, depending on the sensitivity and color of your skin, can help generate up to 10,000 to 20,000 IUs of vitamin D. But it's important to note that overexposure increases the risk of developing skin cancer. And if your child has a vitamin D deficiency, you should discuss a treatment plan with your pediatrician. The American Academy of Pediatrics states use of deliberate sun exposure to maintain vitamin D sufficiency is not recommended. And it is still recommended for infants to avoid sunscreen until they are six months old and avoid direct sun exposure. All right. So if the child is out there and sustains a sunburn, can you share your thoughts on the best way to approach this? And if there's any suggested therapies? So I always recommend that my parents start with cool baths and cool compresses. There are ice rollers, which are also good for itchy kids with eczema. Um, for pain, just giving Tylenol or ibuprofen, it's just really needed. And a nice thing that will feel really good is applying Vaseline jelly that's been cooled in the refrigerator. Many people go to aloe vera, which is fine if you don't react to it. But my patient population typically has sensitive skin. So plant-based products tend to cause more irritation than they are helpful. So we all know that summer is a common time for families to get on the road and to travel. Can you provide information to our listeners on those must-have products or items uh, to bring with on a travel or on a trip, uh, both for infants and young children and adults? So I'm first going to focus on the sensitive skin population since that's who I see and treat the most. If your child has eczema, you should bring pretty much as much as possible that you commonly use at home. Their medications, their moisturizers, any allergy medications like Benadryl or your seasonal allergy medications like Zyrtec. A random thing that you may not think about is that you'll also wanna bring blankets or pillowcases that have been laundered and free and clear laundry detergent. So if you're on the road, you're staying at a hotel, sometimes the laundry detergents that they use to launder that bedding can be very harsh and flare an eczema prone child. Um, So even going as deep as bringing your own pillowcases and blankets may seem like it's overkill, but can be a saving grace for you so you don't have an eczema flare that you're not having to deal with on a vacation. And since kids sometimes get bumps and cuts on vacation, I always recommend if it's a very more uh, severe eczema prone child to bring even along a small bottle of bleach for you to do bleach soaks and even some antibiotic ointment with some band-aids. For your tweens and teens, don't forget their acne medications. So even though it may seem fine to skip the medications for a couple weeks or even a week, that usually can result in acne flares, which causes more picking and popping, which can lead to scarring. So if your teen does have acne, they're going off to camp or they're going on vacation, um, it is important that if they've already established your routine that they keep that because even that little bit of time with possibly a poor diet when they're on vacation, poor hygienic practices when they're on vacation, and then no medication, that could lead to a flare that will take you a lot longer to get better. Well, these are some really good tips. I'm taking notes over here. Uh, When thinking beyond just family traveling tips over the summer, um, often kids are going away to camps and both day camps, overnight camps. You know, my daughter is going away for 11 nights this summer. 
Are there any skin considerations for families to be aware of prior to sending their children to camp? So as a um, summer camp nurse myself, I can't tell you how important it is to have water and sunscreen. It can truly, truly save your camper's life when they're out and having fun. Um, a lot of the camps obviously are going to be outdoors and it may be a surprise to some parents, but probably not to many. Your kids definitely forget to drink water. They really are not thinking about sunscreen because they're just having fun. So at my camp, I talk with the staff about making intentional water and sunscreen breaks because kids really do it themselves. Um, I remember last year by two, the sunburns and lack of sleep and dehydration got a lot of kids in a really bad place. Um, we're nauseous because we're a little bit higher elevation. The sunburns were in both the staff and the kids. Everyone was getting really cranky. So it's really important for you to send your kid to camp with these apply sunscreen and send them, I would say, with two water bottles. That first water bottle pretty much is a guarantee that they get it gets lost amongst the shuffle of the different activities that you do. So hopefully that second one will last longer than the first one. But really emphasizing, like, go have fun, but please don't forget to drink your water and to apply your sunscreen. And then make sure to send your child's medications and talk with the nurse about instructions. Um, kids won't remember what they use, and the staff really appreciate doing things just like you do at home. So um, if you can write down notes for them on exactly which medications are used, either according to the body part or certain times of day, then that's really helpful um, having been a, a summer camp nurse myself. Oh, excellent, excellent tips. Uh, we know that summer goes by way too quickly. So when adolescents are getting ready to return to school in the fall, can you share some tips for clear skin in those children and adolescents that have acne prone skin? Yeah, so it's important to know that our oil glands can take up to three months to respond well to acne treatments. So you can't start treating your acne the day before the first day of school and expect the pimples to go away. Start a routine early and consistently. Remember that a consistent routine can oftentimes take up to 21 days for your child to form that healthy habit. And there's certain products, um, specifically kind of four products, if you need to start on an acne plan that you should think about. Um, number one, I'd like you to think about using a benzoyl peroxide wash, like Panoxyl 4% creamy wash once a day in the morning. Wash your face with a liquid cleanser at nighttime. The brand really doesn't matter. Then have a dedicated moisturizer at night if your skin's dry and a facial moisturizer with SPF 30 or higher to apply in the morning and throughout the day as needed. And there are some nice powder SPF products you can use throughout the day instead of applying another lotion. Obviously, they might be a little bit more um, helpful for girls um, who are used to possibly wearing powders, but Skin Science is one particular brand that comes to mind. It's a very easy powder that has an SPF in it. So rather than you putting on another sunscreen over maybe like dirty skin, then that powder can go on really nicely and easily. So um, mainly keeping a routine and then starting those four key pieces for acne treatment if you haven't started anything yet. You know, I think that's so important. You know, you made the point that you can't start uh, the day before going back to school and expect to have clear skin that you really need to get into a routine and have um, this multi-pronged approach. So uh, what an excellent point for that. And then I think the powders too, uh, that's something that I um, wasn't that familiar with. So I'm glad that you touched on that today. Let's take it a step further. Uh, what about the college bound young adults? Are there skin considerations or pitfalls for this age group? 
So remember that our college kids can still flare with acne. So in this age group, it's all about transitioning them to a successful independent plan. If they have prescription acne medication, send them with two of each medication and set up a system for them getting refills, whether they're calling you and asking for refills or if you're transitioning their medications to a home delivery that now goes to where they are off in college or their local pharmacy. And if you think they'll require a long-term plan for their acne or any other dermatology condition that they're dealing with, if you look up pederm.net, that's the Society for Pediatric Dermatology, and all of the pediatric dermatologists are listed on that website, and you may find one that's near their college or wherever they're going off um, after high school. So even though it's going to list pediatric dermatologists, a lot of the listed dermatologists are actually um, both treating adults and kids. There's not a great lister for nurse practitioners who train with the PEDSTERM. Um, however, if you find the pediatric dermatologist in their practice, then you'll easily be able to find their website and see if any nurse practitioners are there. I myself, I'm in Phoenix, um, so you can find me at happyskindermatology.com. But mainly with these older kids, it's really helping them to transition um, during that stressful time. You will actually want to perhaps prep your college-bound kids that their acne may flare a little bit more because there's more stressors, their hygienic practices may change. So unfortunately, it is common for the college kids to come back from their freshman year um, and they're flaring a little bit, but I would say that most of the time it's because their routine has completely gone to the wayside and they didn't do anything. So set them up for success. Well, that's really great. You know, this has been such a wonderful conversation talking about everything from sunscreen to sunburns to preparing uh, for protecting skin during travel and going to camp and, and uh, making sure that skin is clear and uh, clean and, and preventing against acne prone skin. So I really would like to extend my sincere thanks to Samantha Castleman for joining me today to discuss summer skin conditions. Such an important topic as the temperatures are rising and heating up across the US and schools are beginning their summer breaks. Thank you for all that you do as an expert in pediatrics and advocate for children. For our listeners, thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Team Peds Talks in our special summer mini-series. Please listen to our entire series, which launches episodes on Thursdays. The National Association of Pediatric Nurse Practitioners has other Team Peds Talks podcast series to share with the pediatric healthcare community, including episodes on nurse practitioner leadership and career development, conversations on child health equity, child and adolescent mental health, and pediatric emergency care. Thank you for tuning in.